0: This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Okay, now we get right down to the most important part of the service today, and that's to receive the Word of God. All right, this is our final part in our series, Who is the Holy Spirit? And as I've said at every message, we are living in a crazy world, a world full of uh, insecurity, all sorts of fears, all sorts of temptations and deceptions and lies and, and danger in the physical realm and the mental realm and the spiritual realm, all sorts of demonic activity going on. So we have to have the help of the Holy Spirit today more than ever before. Today we need Him. So let's listen very carefully to this message. He's here to help us, praise God. All right, so part nine, our final part in our series on who is the Holy Spirit. Knowing God's love for you, knowing God's love for you will increase the power of God in your life. Let me say that this way. If you experience God's love, For you, it'll increase the power of God in your life. How's that? Because you'll have more faith in God, you'll trust Him better, and you'll see God's power move for you. So it's very important to allow God to love you. Experience that love. Let's see if we can find that in the Bible. Romans 5, verse 5, New Living Translation. We know how dearly God loves us. How do I know how dearly God loves me? Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. So that's one of the many reasons why the Holy Spirit was given. We've learned so many already in this series. But here's another one. He was given to us by the Father to fill our hearts with the love of God for us. So the Holy Spirit in us loves us on behalf of the Father and Jesus. And we experience that love because that's who He is. He's the God of love that entered our hearts when we got born again. So say that with me. The Holy Spirit was given to me to fill me with God's love for me. All right? Now have a look at Ephesians 3.19. New Living Translation. May you experience the love of Christ. See that? May you experience how much Christ loves you. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Isn't that amazing? When you understand God's love for you and you experience it, you will be filled with the fullness of God's life and God's power. Huh. There's a connection then between walking in the love of God and walking in the power of God and walking in the life of God. Isn't that so? So not only are we to allow God to love us and and make sure we stay in that love, but obviously we want to be obedient to that love and share it with others, right? Walk in love. Because we see there's so many benefits to that. So according to this verse here, Ephesians 3:19, knowing God's love for you will increase the power of God in your life. Will increase. Say so that. Knowing God loves me will increase God's power. In my life therefore it is knowing the, his love for us and allowing his love to flow through us to others that we'll be able to experience the next verse Ephesians 3:19 now read verse 20 I'm going to go to the new King James here so he's talking about the power of God in us by knowing his love right that's the that's the thought here, the theme. All right, now, just think about that and move on to the next verse, because he hasn't changed the subject. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power of God, or you might say the love of God and the power of God, or the love of the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us, that works in us. Right, so we've just been hearing about God's love in us increasing the power of God in us or allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest through us more freely. And this experience of walking in God's love is the doorway into seeing God do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. In other words, we can't get to that realm of power without knowing God's love for us and working with that love and allowing God's love to flow through us. You see, family, it's the compassion of God, or the love of God that drove Jesus to minister to people. He was moved with compassion. So when we love people and have a heart of caring for people, we'll see the power of God reach out through us and meet those needs. Are you tracking me, church? Knowing God loves us will increase our assurance of God's acceptance of us. All right, say that. Knowing God loves me will increase my assurance that God has accepted me. Can we see that in the Bible? Ephesians 3.12, New Living Translation. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come fearlessly into God's presence, assured of His glad welcome. Huh. Assured of His glad welcome. So that I can come boldly to the throne of grace Assured of a glad welcome. Praise His name. You see, when you have the love of God loving you, you can come confidently to your Father. Assured of a glad welcome. Hello, son. Hello, daughter. What can I do for you? And that's the Father's heart. Amen. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit within our hearts. He is so valuable to us, child of God. This is all His work. In our hearts, The most important part of his ministry is to place God's seal of ownership in our hearts. All right, all this is important, which we're learning about. But the most important part of his ministry is to place God's seal of ownership into our hearts. What does that mean? Well, the born-again experience is God's seal of ownership in our hearts. Say that, the born-again experience is God's seal of His ownership of us. I've told the story in my books, and I want to tell it again here this morning. When a king goes shopping in the old days, when Paul was writing all this, uh, he'd have a whole crowd of people going with him, security guards and whatever have you, and uh, he would take his signet ring and just stamp anything he likes, put his seal on it, and then he'd walk out the door. And the owner of the store knew right away, and everybody else knew right away, that seal tells everybody that product belongs to the king, and he wants it. He's coming for it. And then the king will send somebody to go and get it for him and bring it to the palace. His seal claimed that product. Now, God's seal on you begins with a born-again experience. Let's go to a scripture we all know very well. John chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation here. After dark one evening, a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus, a Pharisee, came to speak with Jesus. Teacher, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are proof. Enough that God is with you. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. Wow. Unless you are born again, you can never even see heaven. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, The truth is, No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. No one can be born born again, born of God, unless he is born of the water and the Spirit. So what is he talking about? Okay, we know the Spirit refers refers to the Holy Spirit. We can figure that out. The water though, what's that talking about? Well according to Ephesians 5.26 from the New King James translation, the Bible tells us about the washing of the water by the word. The washing of the water by the word. So we see the connection that the word of God makes between the word and the water. Because just like water washes us, so does the word. The water washes us physically, but the Word of God washes us spiritually. When I read my Bible, I see what I should be doing, what I should not be doing, and it cleans up my life. It cleans up my life. So it washes my behaviour. All right. So, in other words, Jesus is saying, we're born again by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Because the Bible says we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the Word of God. All right, go down to verse 6 now. We're still in John 3. Jesus said humans produce, can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives new life from heaven. So don't be surprised at my statement that you must be born again. Now go to John chapter 5, verse 24. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him, the Father who sent me, has everlasting life. That doesn't mean they're going to live forever only. Because every unsaved sinner will live forever in hell. This is talking about the life of God, God's very own life, life as God has it, Zoe enters into our hearts. It's not only extended life in heaven, it's also talking about the quality of God's life in us. So, he says, "Uh, He hears my words and believes in God the Father who sent me has this everlasting life in them and shall not come into judgment. Now, I'll talk about that for a minute. But has passed from death into life. So when we receive Jesus and believe in Him, we have passed from death into life. That simply means our dead spirit, out of fellowship with God, is now alive when God's life comes into us or into our spirit. We've gone from death into life. But I want to focus on this here. Shall not come into judgment. That's very interesting. Shall not come into judgment. Jesus says the person who's born again will not come into judgment. Well, that's a question we want answered because we know the Bible said we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So what is this talking about? Jesus said you're not going to be judged. All right, to answer that question, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10. New Living Translation. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. So Jesus said, we'll not be judged. And here the Bible, written by Paul, says, we'll not be judged. He's taken us away, out of this judgment. So once again, we know we we'll are all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So what's going on here? Well, that's the same judgment that Jesus is talking about. It's the great white throne judgment where the Father God will judge all the unsaved, who have rejected Christ. They'll come out of Hades, hell, and they'll come to the throne of God, and he will judge them and send them right back to the fires of Gehenna, the lake of fire, burning sulfur. That's the great white throne judgment judgment of all those who rejected Christ in their life. You and I and all believers will not stand there before the Father God at that great white throne judgment. And that's the judgment Jesus is talking about in John 5 and Paul's talking about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Now the judgment seat of Christ that we will be at is where Christ judges all God's children. All God's children will be there. All right, now, just want you to understand this, that we've passed from death into life and we will not be among all those who rejected Christ at the great white throne judgment. We won't be there. All right, now go to Ephesians 1.13. We're talking about the seal of the Holy Spirit in our hearts through the born-again experience and the meaning of what this is to us and all the blessings the Holy Spirit has given us through this, all right? Ephesians 1.13. In Christ you also trusted... After you heard the word of truth, there it is, you are born again by hearing the truth of God's word. That's what Jesus is saying, born of the water and the word. The Water being the word, rather. All right. Ephesians 1, 13. And in Christ you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in Christ also, having believed... You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So here it says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So God put the Holy Spirit in your heart to seal you. That's the King's seal. That's the Father's seal on you to say you belong to me. I'm coming for you. You belong to me. I'm coming for you. And Jesus is coming for us, praise God. And all those that die before the rapture, well, of course, Jesus comes for them and takes them straight to heaven, absent from the body and present with the Lord. But that's the first scripture I want you to see that tells us God put a seal on our hearts. Okay? Now we need two more to confirm that as a doctrine. Now the next verse says, The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. That means the Holy Spirit in you, the born again experience, is your guarantee that you will inherit all that God promised you in the Bible and in eternity, in heaven. It's God's guarantee. If you've got the Holy Ghost in you, if you're born again by the Spirit of God, that's your guarantee. You're going to heaven, child of God. Amen? Unless you decide to walk away from Jesus and declare that you don't believe in him anymore, I don't think you're going to be that stupid. Right. So, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of God's glory. In other words, until the time the rapture comes, where he comes to fetch you. But anybody that's died... And gone on, God sent the angels to fetch them and take them to heaven. Anyhow, so, that, uh, so they qualify as well in verse 14. All right, now here's the second scripture that guarantees that we are sealed of God. that's Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Right, there's the second one that says God put his seal on you to claim you till he comes for you at the rapture or sends the angel for you if your spirit leaves your body. Then the third one is in Corinthians 1.22. The Father God who also has sealed us and given his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So there it is again. Say this, the born-again experience is my guarantee that God's seal is in my heart. I belong to God. I'm bound for heaven. Nothing can change that. The devil cannot. Hallelujah. Now, number one: on Sunday May 15 2016, while asleep in the early hours Of that Sunday morning, I heard these words loud and clear in the bedroom. Well, obviously, no, my wife wouldn't have heard it. It was obviously in my spirit, but it woke me up. I heard these words early hours Sunday morning in my bedroom while asleep. I was asleep. What governs you? What governs you? And I woke up, I thought, wow. And I I got out of bed, I went to my study, and I opened up the Oxford Dictionary. I thought, I gotta find out what this is all about. What does the word govern mean? So I looked, I knew I had an idea, of course, but I wanted for sure. And so I looked up in the Oxford Dictionary, the word governs, and this is what it means. It means rules, rules, R-U-L-E-S, Or controls. Or controls. It means, according to Oxford Dictionary, to determine a person's course of action. To determine a person's course of action. So what determines the course of my action, God wants to know. Hmm. What governs me? What rules me? What controls me? God wants to know. So now that morning... Purely by chance, by accident, I happened to read the book of Ephesians. And I chose the New Living Translation. By accident, okay? And I came to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And this is what it says Don't be drunk with wine. Well, good. Okay, I'm fine so far because I don't drink alcohol. Okay, I did before I became a Christian. I drank enough (laughs) in those years to last me a lifetime. So don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Yes, I know about that. I've seen that in my family. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. So, okay. I need the Holy Spirit to control me. So there's my answer, God. The Holy Spirit controls me. There's the answer to the question. Okay, well, is that for sure? Well, he has the result. If the Holy Spirit controls me, he has the result, the next work, the next verse. Then if He controls you, then you will sing psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs among yourselves, making music in, to the Lord in your heart. you worship God in the Spirit. I love you, Lord, I worship you. I love you, God, I worship you. Hallelujah. Now, I, I like to do that when I'm getting dressed in my shower, whatever, when I'm alone. I just like to sing to God and worship Him. That is a sign that the Holy Spirit is in charge, is in control of your life. If He controls you, you'll sing psalms and hings of spiritual songs, and you'll always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll always give thanks to the Father God. So one who's controlled by the Holy Spirit is going to be a praiser, a worshiper, and be grateful and will show his gratitude to other people as well. Amen? Praise God. So that's what we want to do. Let's strive to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, child of God. You'll never regret it. You're going to walk in victory, in the power of God, in joy and freedom. Hallelujah. All right. That's the end of our series. Now, I'm going to go on vacation. When I come back, this is my title. Come to me, all you that are weary and laid down with burdens, and I'll give you rest. Come to me, all you that are weary and laid down with burdens, and I'll give you rest. That's taken from Matthew 11:28. 28. Jesus said those words. We're going to be talking about that. It's going to be such an encouragement and blessing to your life, You don't want to miss my message when I get back from vacation. And I'll let you know the week before that um, that I'm going to be back. So be in church. Don't miss out. This message is going to blow you away and it's going to allow the power of God to fall in the building. And remember what Pastor Raddick said. If you're in a hotel room and you can hear the guy showering next door, that doesn't mean you're going to get wet. You might think you are, but you're not. You've got to get in the shower if you want to get wet. So come to church. That's the place where you're going to experience God's presence and get wet with God's anointing and go home saying, wow, that was awesome. All right, every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say... Apostle Theo, I want to be sure I make it to heaven one day. If that's you while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, when I count to three, if you'll slip your hand up, I'll include you in my prayer, and God will speak to your heart right where you are sitting and confirm with you that you are going to heaven one day, that you are saved, you are forgiven. Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, all right? So I'm gonna count to three. If you wanna be included in my prayer, slip your hand up right now and take it down again. You ready? One, two, three. Praise God, praise God, I see those hands. Now all of you watching live, even if you are on your own and you wanna receive Christ and have the assurance, put your hand up, because God sees that heart of response from you, all right? Praise God, I see those hands by faith. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Everybody say this prayer with me, please. Everybody, including all those who raised their hands. Let's say this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross in my place. You took my punishment so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I declare... You are the Lord of my life. You are my Savior. I'll love for you with all my heart till I see you face to face. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me, accepting me. I'm God's child. I'm bound for heaven. Thank God I'm saved. Now, if you said that prayer, we'll see you in heaven as long as you stay in fellowship with the Lord and don't turn away from Him. God bless you. We love you. Pastor Bev and I, pray for you continually and pray for us too. We're going to go and have a holiday at the beach and um, and uh, pray for us that no coconuts fall on us. You know that's dangerous. All right. We love you all. God bless. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerens. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God.